Hello, we have another crazy, fantastical chapter. I got a scratch on my arm and it keeps bugging me. <clears throat> you ready? Ready or not, here I come. Chapter 10, the lobster quadrille. The mock turtle sighed deeply and drew the back of one flipper across his eyes. He looked at Alice and tried to speak before a minute or two, sobs choked his voice. <gasps> Same as if he had a bone in his throat, said the griffin, and it set to work shaking him and punching him in the back. At last, the mock turtle recovered his voice, and with tears running down his cheeks, he went on again. You may not have lived much under the sea. I haven't, said Alice. And perhaps you never were even introduced to a lobster? Alice began to say, I once tasted, but checked herself hastily and said, No, never. So you can have no idea what a delightful thing a lobster quadrille is? No, indeed said Alice. What sort of a dance is it? Why, said the griffin, you first form in a line along the seashore. Two lines, cried the mock turtle. Seals, turtles, salmon, and so on. Then when you've cleared all the jellyfish out of the way. That generally takes some time, interrupted the griffin. You advance twice, each with a lobster as a partner, cried the griffin. Of course, said the mock turtle. Advance twice, set to partners. Change lobsters and retire in same order, continued the griffin. Then, you know, the mock turtle went on. You throw the, the lobsters shouted the griffin with a bound into the air. As far out to sea as you can. Swim after them, screamed the griffin. Turn a somersault in the sea, cried the mock turtle, capering wildly about. Change lobsters again, cried the griffin at the top of its voice. Back to land again, and that's all the first figure, said the mock turtle, suddenly dropping his voice. <clears throat> and the two creatures who had been jumping about like mad things all this time sat down again, very sadly and quietly, and looked at Alice. It must be a very pretty dance, said Alice timidly. Would you like to see a little of it? said the mock turtle. Very much indeed, said Alice. Come, let's try the first figure, said the mock turtle to the griffin. We can do it without lobsters, you know. Which shall sing? Oh, you sing, said the griffin. I've forgotten the words. 
So they began solemnly dancing round and round Alice, every now and then treading on her toes when they passed too close, and waving their full paws to march the time, while the mock turtle sang this very slowly and sadly. <coughs> Will you walk a little faster, said the whiting to the snail. There's a porpoise close behind us, and he's treading on my tail. See how eagerly the lobsters and the turtles all advance. They are waiting on the shingle. Will you come and join the dance? Will you, won't you, will you, won't you, will you join the dance? Will you, won't you, will you, won't you, won't you join the dance? You can really have no notion how delightful it will be when they take us up and throw us with the lobsters out to sea. But the snail replied too far, too far, and gave a look askance. Said he thanked the whiting kindly, but he would not join the dance. Would not, could not, would not, could not, would not join the dance. Would not, could not, would not, could not, could not join the dance. What matters how far we go, his scaly friend replied. There is another shore, you know, upon the other side. The further off from England, the nearer is to France. Then turn not pale, beloved snail, but come and join the dance. Will you, won't you, will you, won't you, Will you join the dance? Will you, won't you? Will you, won't you? Won't you join the dance? <clears throat> Thank you. It's a very... Interesting dance to watch, said Alice, feeling very glad that it was over at last. And I do so like that curious song about the whiting. Oh, as to the whiting, said the mock turtle, they, you've seen them, of course. Yes, said Alice, I've often seen them at dinner. She checked herself hastily. I don't know where Din may be, said the Mock Turtle, but if you've seen them so often, of course you know what they're like. I believe so, Alice replied thoughtfully. They have their tails in their mouths and they're all over crumbs. You're wrong about the crumbs, said the Mock Turtle. Crumbs would wash off in the sea, 
but they have their tails in their mouth. And the reason is, here the mock turtle yawned and shut his eyes. Tell her about the reason on all that, he said to the griffin. The reason is, said the griffin, that they would go with the lobsters to the dance, so they got thrown out to sea. So they had to fall a long way, so they got their tails fast in their mouths. They couldn't get them out again. That's all. Thank you, said Alice. It's very interesting. I never knew so much about a whiting before. I can tell you more than that if you like, said the griffin. Do you know why it's called a whiting? I never thought about it, said Alice. Why? It does the boots and the shoes, the griffin replied very solemnly. Alice was thoroughly puzzled. Does the boots and the shoes? She repeated in a wondering tone. Why, what are your shoes done with, said the griffin. I mean, what makes them so shiny? Alice looked down at them and considered a little before she gave her answer. They're done with blacking, I believe. Boots and shoes under the sea, said the griffin in his deep voice, are done with a whiting. Now you know. And what are they made of? Alice asked in a tone of great curiosity. Soles and eels, of course, the griffin replied rather impatiently. Any shrimp could have told you that. If I'd been the whiting, said Alice, whose thoughts were still running on the song, I'd have said to the porpoise, keep back, please. We don't want you with us. They were obliged to have him with them, the mock turtle said. No wise fish would go anywhere without a porpoise. Wouldn't it really? said Alice in a tone of great surprise. Of course not, said the mock turtle. Why, if a fish came to me and told me he was going on a journey, I would say, with what porpoise? Don't you mean purpose, said Alice. I mean what I say, the mock turtle replied in an offended tone, and the griffin added, Come! Let's hear some of your stories. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I could not tell I could tell you my adventures, beginning from this morning, said Alice a little timidly. But it's no use going back to yesterday because I was a different person then. Explain all that, said the mock turtle. No, no. The adventures first, said the griffin in an impatient tone. Explanations take such a dreadful time. So Alice began telling them her adventures from the time when she first saw the white rabbit. She was a little nervous about it just at first. The two creatures got so close to her, one on each side, and opened their eyes and mouth so very wide that she gained courage as she went on. Her listeners were perfectly quiet till she got to the part about her repeating, You are old, Father William, to the caterpillar. 
and the words all coming different. And then the Mock Turtle drew a long breath and said, That's very curious. It's all about as curious as can be, said the Gryphon. It all came different, the Mock Turtle repeated thoughtfully. I should like to hear her try and repeat something now. Tell her to begin. He looked at the griffin as if he thought it had some kind of authority over Alice. Stand up and repeat. Tis the voice of the sluggard, said the griffin. How the creatures order one about to make one repeat lessons, thought Alice. I might as well be at school at once. However, she got up and began to repeat it, but her head was so full of the lobster quadrille mm. that she hardly knew what she was saying, and the words came out very queer indeed. "'Tis the voice of the lobster I heard and declare. You have baked me to brown. I must sugar my hair. As a duck with its eyelids, so he must, with his nose, trims his belt and his buttons, and turns out his toes.' When the sands are all dry, he is gay as a lark, and will talk in competuous tones of the shark. But when the tide rises and sharks are around, his voice has a timid, tremulous sound. That's different from what I used to say when I was a child, said the griffin. Well, I never heard it before, said the mock turtle, but it sounds uncommon nonsense. Alice said nothing. She had sat down with her face in her hands, wondering if anything would ever happen in a natural way again. I should like to have it explained, said the mock turtle. She can't explain it, said the griffin hastily. Go on with the next verse. But what about his toes? The mock turtle persisted. How could he turn them out with his nose, you know? It's the first position in dancing, Alice said, but was dreadfully puzzled by the whole thing and longed to change the subject. Go on with the next verse, the griffin repeated impatiently. It begins, I passed by his garden. Alice did not dare disobey, though she felt sure it would all come wrong, and she went on in a trembling voice. I passed by his garden and mocked, with one eye, how the owl and the panther were sharing a pie. The panther took pie crust and gravy and meat, while the owl had the dish as its share of the treat. When the pie was all finished, the owl, as a boon, was kindly permitted to pocket the spoon, while the panther received knife and fork with a growl, and concluded the banquet... What is the use of repeating all that stuff? The Mock Turtle interrupted. If you don't explain it as you go on, it's by far the most confusing thing I ever heard. Yes, I think you'd better leave off, said the Griffin, and Alice was only too glad to do so. Shall we try another figure of the lobster quadrille? The griffin went on. Or would you like the mock turtle to sing you a song? 
Oh, a soap, please, if the mock turtle would be so kind, Alice replied, so eagerly that the griffin, in a rather offended tone, huh, no accounting for taste, sing a turtle soup, will you, old fellow? The mock turtle sighed deeply and began in his voice, sometimes choked with sobs, to sing this. <sighs> Beautiful soup, <gasps> so rich and so green, waiting in a hot tureen, who for such taint taste would not stoop. Soup of the evening, beautiful soup. <gasps> soup of the evening, beautiful soup. Beautiful soup. Beautiful soup. and the mock turtle had just begun to repeat it when the cry of the trial's beginning was heard in the distance come on cried the griffin and taking alice by the hand it hurried off without waiting for the song to end what trial is it alice panted as she ran but the griffin only answered come on and ran the faster while more and more faintly came, carried on the breeze that followed them the melancholy words. Soup of the evening, beautiful, beautiful soup. <laughs> that is the end of chapter 10. <clears throat> and I think I'm going to have a hoarse voice for a couple days now <laughs> because that turtle voice I have to press deep inside here two things are pressing together I don't know what they are but when they said that the 
Turtle's voice sounded hollow. This is what I imagined and slow. <coughs> oh, man, I don't know how <coughs> real people talk like that in the day. Look at me. <coughs> I'm going to have a little sip here. Ah, okay. The next chapter, chapter 11, is called Who Stole the Tarts? We get to talk to the king and queen. There's going to be a trial. The griffin will be there too, and Alice, of course. And we get to meet Bill the lizard, or meet again Bill the lizard. Bill the lizard was in the scene where, or the chapter where, the scene, like, like I'm so seriously acting this out, and scene. The, the, the chapter where Alice was in the rabbit's house and she grew way big. Bill was one of the people, the lizard, that was helping try to get Alice, like her big arm and stuff, trying to get the, get him out of the, get her out of the house. Um. Oh, there's a um, nursery rhyme we often hear. I wonder, I'll have to do some research. I wonder if the nursery rhyme came from here or this spawned the nursery rhyme. The queen of hearts, she made some tarts all on a summer day. The name of heart, the knave of hearts, he stole those tarts and took them quite away. I know I've seen like a whole really old cartoon from like the 50s done with like felt, um, uh, characters like stop motion <coughs> about that about that phrase the march hair the dorm oh my gosh this is gonna be so hard for me it's bringing back all these i'm gonna have to listen to how i did those voices march hair this was a march hair's voice this was the dormouse and the ha the hatter with this one okay um let's see the king, this was the king. The queen! Uh, the dormouth again. The dormouth again. It was up higher than that. Hatter, dormouse, king. Anyway, I'll, I'll leave myself to do this later. The duchess, oh boy. The, the cook from the duchess. The cook from the duchess never said anything before so I get to make a voice for her oh boy the white rabbit y'all I am going to struggle <laughs> with the next one I'll have to listen and listen so if you're ever wondering <clears throat> um, how I prepare for chapters I don't do much um, I I get myself, if available, through my library that I have local access to, um, I have local and digital access to. So the MWR libraries, meaning the library system that they have for the military posts that I'm affiliated with, um, has a really big online resource. So as much as I can, I get an audiobook so that I'm listening to it. And often what's interesting, at least in this version, is I don't do the same voices that this the person I'm listening to right now does. Um, I listen to it. Um, I probably read it, only read it through once, um, just as long as I feel like character-wise, they're characters that I remember the voices of. But this one's going to be tricky because there's so many different voices. Like, I have no idea what kind of voice I did for Bill the Lizard. And I know y'all don't really care, but as far as, like, me maintaining 
um, this is why I want to practice by doing these free readings. So practicing for myself, me maintaining consistency with the sounds of voices as the book goes on. So it's not like Bill the Lizard kind of sounded like this at first. And then now we're hearing Bill the Lizard and now Bill the Lizard sounds like this, you know. Um, so just consistency. Uh, we are definitely three-fourths of the way through. And I'm I'm excited to share this with you. It's been it's been really silly, really really silly. And I'm super excited to read Anne of Green Gables with you. I've already reserved my copy of the audiobook, <clears throat> and I'll have to be working on the voices Gilbert Blythe. I'm gonna have to think of a really hunky voice to do, to do for Gilbert, right? Oh Gilbert, what a name! Oh Gilbert, <laughs> Gilbert, so hot, Gilbert. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, I will see you tomorrow. Bye.